Praise God has been changed. Amen. Can you say amen? Is that your testimony this morning? Is that really your testimony this morning? I've been changed. I'm not the same person I was. What a blessing it is to be able to leave this camp this weekend and be able to say truly, I've been changed. I'm not going back. I'm not turning around. My past has been destroyed. My future is a whole lot brighter. The rapture is just around the corner. The body changes just any morning. I tell you, I'm excited this morning, aren't you? I tell you, the grave is not full this morning. The grave is empty. He is alive and he is well. He is risen this morning. And I just want to say, the devil didn't win. The devil didn't win. You love the Lord this morning. Amen. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, we'll go straight into the Word this morning. We'll turn to the book of Second Corinthians chapter number 4. Second Corinthians chapter number 4. While you're turning there, I'd just like to say it's been an honor and a privilege to be invited to be here this weekend and to be able to speak with Brother Donnie. And I tell you, that was a masterpiece last night. I'm glad we got dynamite this morning, aren't you? Amen. And it certainly has been an honor. My heart has been touched and life has been changed. And sure appreciate the opportunity to be here this weekend and sure want to thank all the workers, all the staff, all the ministry, everything that has gone into this camp. May God richly bless you this morning, all the counselors, all the drivers, everything to make these meetings possible. I say God bless you. And Brother Tim, we sure do appreciate him. Amen. The burden to have this camp and the consistency of this meeting, just every year growing and every year young people even changed. I thank God for a burden like that. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Second Corinthians chapter number four and verse number one. The Bible says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Brother Ram says, if that's not predestination, I don't know what is. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Notice, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now notice verse number eight, for we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted but not forsaken cast down. I love this one, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body, the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body for we, which for we, which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus sake. Notice that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. I want you to notice something right there. Paul did not say that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our immortal flesh, but that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So that tells me that before this mortal takes on immortality, there's going to be somebody manifesting the victory and the power and the overcoming grace of Jesus Christ. And I don't mind telling you, I believe I'm looking at a generation this morning it's not waiting on the millennium to have victory, but they've got victory right here this morning. They're not waiting on the future home to have victory, but they got victory 
right here this morning. Let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we love you today, dear God. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, we thank you for waking us up this morning, dear God, with a mind to serve you. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done this weekend, Lord. Father, there is no way that we could stand here this morning as any mortal man and take credit for the things that you have done this weekend. Lord, I believe that sicknesses have been healed. I believe that diseases have been defeated. I believe that demons have been cast out. Lord, and ultimately, I believe that the Holy Ghost and fire has filled vessels all across this building. And for that, Lord, we want to say thank you. Father, I pray this morning, dear God, that as we have gathered here on this this Easter morning, this resurrection morning, Lord, as the sun is risen outside and what a beautiful morning it is. But Lord, what a beautiful morning it is on the inside of this building, dear God. Lord, to know that hearts that were bound have been set free by the rising, not of the S-U-N, but of the rising of the S-O-N. God, I pray this morning. You would come and strengthen us, Lord, as we prepare, Lord, to look into your word for just a few moments this morning. Dear God, feed us, Lord. Father, give us something that we can take from this camp that will sustain us, Lord. Grant it today, dear God, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. And all the believers said, Amen. Amen. God bless you as you may be seated this morning. I want to, by the help of the Lord, to speak to you uh, for a few moments here upon this thought. And if I would title it. I would like to speak to you on another paradox, another paradox. I read here in the book of second Corinthians chapter number four and verse number eight. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Anybody that is troubled should be distressed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. I Think of how that that right there is nothing more and nothing less than a paradox. This morning, if anybody in the, in the world, if anybody in the, in the country that we live in this morning, if anybody has any troubles or any situations or any problems or any circumstances, it's the bride of Jesus Christ. And we know, uh, as Brother Donnie mentioned, that the devil has already deceived all those churches out there. He's already deceived hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of people this morning. But there's only one group of people on the face of the earth this morning that the devil is really interested in defeating, and that is you. Because he knows that your name is on more than just a church role. He knows uh, that your name is on more uh, than just a church membership. But he knows that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the Bible says in Revelation that they all, amen, worship the image of the beast. Except for those whose name was on the Lamb's Book of Life. So what is Satan going to do? Satan is only going to intense the pressure. He is only going to turn up the, uh, the fiery furnace as it was. He's only going to do whatever he can to put more pressure upon you amen to put more troubles upon you to try to get you to bow or to try to get you to give in or just say well you know maybe after all i didn't get nothing out of that camp maybe it was just emotion or maybe it was just sensation but i want to tell you this morning church that the battle for truth is on but don't be nervous because the mighty conqueror is already here amen the mighty conqueror is already in you amen to bring you not to any kind of end, amen, but to an expected end. I think of what Jeremiah said when he said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord. They are not thoughts of evil. They are not thoughts of destruction, but they are thoughts of peace. Amen. The thoughts of God this morning concerning you, amen, are the thoughts of peace. Where is he wanting to bring you? He's wanting to bring you to an expected end. I can only tell you one thing this morning, young people, take your position in the army of the living God and fight for your position like you've never fought before but them said in this battle for truth he said all them ends that has been lost he said but God said that they would be restored again in the last day Joel said I will restore saith the Lord we went through that not long ago he said in the bride tree but he said right here this morning we're looking for him we're looking for his manifestation and we'll see the vindicated word of God and there will be just a few understand it as it was in the days of Noah so will it be in the coming 
coming of the son of man what was saved five souls in the days of Lot there was three saved amen and, and the wife started out but she lost so shall it be in the coming of the son of man so this morning amen victory is not promised amen to those that can start amen but victory is promised amen to those that can start and to those that can finish the race what what good does it do to start a race if you do not finish it but can I can I prophesy to you from the word this morning the word says you're going to finish the race you're going to run the last mile and let me tell you brother you're going to cross the finish line amen there wasn't enough devils that can stop you from starting there ain't enough devils that can stop you from running and there ain't going to be enough devils that can stop you from finishing greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world amen if there's only going to be one going in the rapture amen it's going to be me amen if there's only one leaving dry creek louisiana in a rapture this morning it's going to be me you say brother andrew how can you have that testimony because i judged him faithful who made the promise i i didn't judge him as just a polished soothsayer i didn't judge him as a devil i judged him as elohim i judged him as the living god amen thank this morning church think of it for just a minute amen that many have started this race but look where many are this morning amen many have run the same aisles that you ran last night but look where they are this morning amen but there is something different about you there is a seed that is laying on the inside of your heart and the father said all that he has given me I will not lose a one of them brother he ain't going to lose you when you get home he ain't going to lose you when you get back to school he ain't going to lose you when you get back on the job amen our God will never lose his own neither will he forsake his own in a little while and the world will see me no more but she shall see me for I'll not only be with you but I'll even be in you and a prophet said this morning there are going to be some yeast at the end of the world and you are those yeast isn't that beautiful to know this morning that you are the yeast that's going to see the Lord in the, the prophet said there will very there will be a very few saved and translated in that time he said but one of the mysteries is that the church is going to be taken up now this is what I like the church is not going to be taken down but the church is going to be taken up well the devil don't like that but it's the truth anyhow the church is not going to go down amen but the church is going to go up see like Lot was taken Lot was taken out Noah was taken in but this church will be taken up see one went in but them says one went out but the other one goes up now in the Adam days man went out Adam covenant was broke and man went out in Noah's day the Andalusian destruction amen man went in the ark amen but in in this day somebody say this day in this day we're living in the day of the revealing of the son of man we're not going out we're not going in but we're going up amen we're not going out to the world we're not going into the things of the world but we're going up in the rapture brother Bam says what a consolation it should give this nation which has the church then to know that this man being sent to them speaking of Elijah amen to represent God had went home without even dying that had been raptured and taken up a very beautiful type Elijah was of this day we may be a little beat line off the path of what some believes but I kindly believe that there will be a message in the last days I, I believe this morning we are gathered hearing that message of the last days something like Elijah and that Elijah church will not die oh my God that Elijah church will not die but will be translated and will be taken up he said what's going to take it up fire will take it up into glory the Pentecostal fire will rapture the church off of the earth and will take her up into glory how many can say last night you felt that Pentecostal fire how many can say last night you felt that Pentecostal fire burning in your soul amen moving through your body recharging your spirit you felt that fire amen and then all of a sudden we all know what it feels like when it begins to lift up we know that it's beginning to lift up off of us amen but I love what a prophet said he said don't get nervous he said you love it when it comes and you don't like it when it leaves he said but don't worry one of these days when it leaves you're going to leave with it <laughs> one of these days when it leaves you're going to leave with it brother do you
you realize what we were feeling last night? We were feeling the very power that is going to lift our bodies off of there. Listen, friends, there's not a Holy Ghost to heal you and a Holy Ghost to save you and a Holy Ghost to deliver you and then a Holy Ghost to rapture you. There is one God. There is one Holy Ghost. And this morning, church, the same Holy Ghost that was in this building last night is the same Holy Ghost that's going to lift this church off of the earth some morning. I didn't say that. That's a divine promise. Don't worry, church. One of these days when it leaves, we're going to leave with it. Can you say amen? In the last days, he said he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and he did. See, that was not just a prophecy, but there was a fulfillment. You see, God actually promised what has happened here this weekend. In his word, he promised it would happen. Now, we look at the word paradox. What do we find out? We find that a paradox, amen, is something that is incredible, but it's true. Something that is incredible, but it's true. Brother says, may the Lord add the blessings to the reading of his word. Now this subject this afternoon, a paradox. The word paradox, as I've just been looking up, he said, according to Webster, it is something incredible. Amen. But it's true. Now, you know, we've heard the old saying that truth is more stranger than fiction. You ever heard that? Truth is more stranger than fiction. Because when a person tells the truth, sometimes it seems very strange. Now, do you see why that the devil hates the truth? Because the truth exposes him. The truth exposes who the devil is. The truth exposes the power that is trying to hold you. You say, what is truth? Truth is a very powerful thing. Amen. Now, this may sound strange, but we live in a generation where people would rather hear lies than they would hear truth. They would rather hear fiction than they would rather hear truth. You say, can you prove that? Yes, there is people that will deny the virgin birth when we've had a Bible declare it. We have the stars in the heaven declare it. We had patriarchs declare it. We had prophets declare it. And we've got many infallible proofs that there was, amen, a virgin birth and people still deny it. But they believe that there's an Easter bunny that hops around planting eggs in your front yard. Or they believe that there's a Santa Claus, amen, that flies around the earth in one night and drops, oh, don't get quiet on me and drops all kinds of presents off. See, that's the age we've come to. They would rather have fiction than they would have truth and that's why they're bound with sin. That's why they're bound with shame. But listen, you've not been called, amen, to be a generation of fiction. You've not been called to be a generation to follow cunningly, devise fables of men's ideas. You've been called, amen, to believe a message that has got power in it, brother. Brother, sister, don't tell me this morning, church, that we don't have a proof. Where is a proof of the resurrection? Open up your eyes and look around this building this morning. I see a proof back there. I see a proof back there. I see a proof all over this building that Jesus Christ is not laying in a grave in Jerusalem this morning, but he's alive and he's well and he's living and he's breathing and he's healing and he's saving and he's manifesting and he's breaking chains. Friends, you this morning are not a fiction story. Your testimony is not a fiction testimony. It's a real testimony. It's got real power. Brother, we, we, it's a day and time where no matter how many times you prove something, they'll still stand right there and say it didn't happen. Because it's a generation of fiction. Now I want to preach to you for a few minutes on some paradoxes. Is that okay? Paradoxes. It was a paradox that a 99-year-old man and a 100-year-old woman could bring forth a son. It was a paradox that a man that was full of theology, amen, that was full of all kinds of learning, but he didn't have fire, could get in the presence of a burning bush. And in five minutes time, what he had learned for 40 years, he lost in five minutes time in the presence, my God, in the presence of the pillar of fire. Don't you see why the devil's mad this morning? Don't you really see why he's mad? It's because ever since you was born, he's 
been working on you. He's been trying to bind you. He's been trying to scare you. He's been trying to defeat you. And in just a few moments of time, this weekend, the devil's kingdom has fallen to the ground. In just a few moments. Okay, 20 years of work, 10 years of work, 13 years of work, 14 years of work. In just a few minutes, Brother Craig was laying at his feet and Jesus Christ had taken his filthy hands off of you. Oh, church, don't tell me this. Don't tell me that God can't destroy. Hey, just a few days ago, I don't want to, I don't want to get into this too much, but just a few days ago, there was a cathedral. Amen. That had been standing for hundreds of years. It had been standing for hundreds of years, but in just a few moments of time when it caught on fire. Oh God, in just a few moments of time when it caught on fire, what had been standing for years was falling underneath the fire. Oh church, are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? If you can catch on fire this morning, every complex is going to fall. If you can catch on fire this morning, every demon is going to be defeated. Brother, we don't need intellectualism. We need fire. Amen. Let the fire of God come into this building this morning. And no matter how long that thing has been holding you, if you get it in the presence of the fire, the fire is going to destroy it. The fire is going to clean it off. Brother, it's a mystery how that a mortal man got in the presence of fire and was changed by a burning bush. It's another mystery how that a woman, amen, who was a harlot, who was living in a city that was to be destroyed. It's another paradox here. It's a paradox that she took a scarlet robe and hung it out her window and every building around her was fallen except for that house. Oh God, every building around her was fallen. Every house around her was fallen. Every church around her was fallen. Every person around her was dying. Amen. But that house stood. Amen. It was a paradox. It was incredible. But oh, it was true. Brother, sister, can I tell you what the prophet said? He said that scarlet robe was a symbol of the token. He said that token on display lets the death angel know you've got no rights in this house. How many can say this morning, I've got the token? How many can say I've got the token? If you don't have the token, then let me tell you before this meeting is dismissed this morning, you can have the token, church. You can put the token on display. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my token and shake it in the devil's face. I'm going to take my token and put it on display. I'm going to display it on my heart. going to display it in my life. I want the devil to know he may be destroying Laodicea. See he may be destroying all these things, but he's not going to destroy me because I have been sealed until the day of my redemption with a divine promise that Jesus Christ himself has given unto me. My church, don't, don't, don't think this morning that it's crazy. These things, these things may seem crazy, but remember they're true. It was a paradox that a man by the name of Noah, amen, could go out and gather a bunch of gopher wood. He could gather the worst kind of gopher wood or the worst kind of wood you could, you could gather. He could go out and gather that wood, amen, and bring it together and then say, what are you doing, Noah? He said, I'm building an ark. I'm building an ark. What are you building an ark for? Because the Lord told me you go down and build an ark. It was a paradox. It was incredible. But was it true? You say, Brother Andrew, is it a paradox, amen, that a man by the name of Enoch, amen, walked with God for hundreds of years? My, he walked with God for hundreds of years, and you know what he did? He had fellowship with God. It's a paradox that a man got up one morning, and he went in maybe and told his wife, he said, honey, it's time for me to go for my daily walk. She said, okay, we'll see you this evening. I can imagine in the back part of his mind, he said, maybe. You may see me and you may not. Amen. And he takes off walking. And while he's walking, man, he just starts fellowshipping with Jesus. He just starts fellowshipping with the Lord. Maybe they get to walking and he gets to tell the Lord about a tape he just listened to. He gets to tell the Lord about a scripture he just read that morning. And he began fellowshipping. He began fellowshipping with the Lord back and forth. And they got so caught up in the spirit, brother Brad, that they just kept on walking. And the further they were walking, the farther they were getting from Enoch's house 
house and the closer they were getting to God's house church can I tell you this morning you're not a million miles away from your father's house you're just another turn in the road it's just another bend in the road it's just another corner it's just another trial away and you'll be back at papa's house it was a paradox that a man like that, amen, could walk with God for all those years and keep a testimony that he pleased God. It was a paradox that a man by the name of Shamgar could come in the house one day and say, honey, I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of these demons coming in in the form of Philistines and stealing our crop every year. I'm sick and tired of these demons coming in and, and leaving my kids ragged and leaving my wife with no clothes and, and they're, they're, they're skinny and they're, they're, their muscles are leaving them. There's no food to eat. Their clothes are barely hanging on their shoulders. My kids are starving. I'm sick and tired of it. You know what? It's a paradox that a man picked up an ox goat come on church I'm going somewhere stay with me it's a paradox that a man picked up an ox goat and he ran and jumped out of the window maybe and got down there and met 600 armed Philistines and you know what he did when he met him he didn't meet him with fear but he met him with faith he didn't meet him in defeat he met him with victory already in his heart and he went out there and he began to sling that ox goat he began to sling that ox goat and before long 600 armed Philistines were no longer standing, but they were laying at the feet of Shamgar. Brother Andrew, that's too hard to believe. No, that's not fiction. That's truth. It's a paradox. Can I go just a bit farther? It's a paradox. Amen. That Samson would meet Philistines one day. When he would meet those Philistines, he would meet them, a thousand of them. But before Samson ever met the first Philistine, God already had a predestinated weapon that he would pick up and he would get a hold of. Can you say amen? God already had a weapon laying right there. You say, Brother Andrew, what was that weapon? It was a jawbone of a of a mule that had died a long time ago. Brother Bam says, how long had that jawbone laid there? He said it had laid there no doubt for a long time. It was old. It was brittle. He said, just barely picking it up, it should have fell apart. Are you with me? Just barely picking it up, it should have fell apart. He said, but Samson obeyed God and he reached over and picked up that dry jawbone of that mule and he took that thing and before he knew it, he was slaying Philistines and the prophet of God God said, if God could come down and get into a dead jawbone. My God, if God could come down and get into a dead jawbone, amen, to bring his will to pass, then I tell you what this morning, you ain't dead, you ain't dead this morning, you ain't dead this morning, you've got life in your body, you got breath in your lungs, you got strength in your bones, I say this morning, open up and let the same God that got in that jawbone get in your jawbone this morning until you begin to tell every devil, I'm not going back to what I was. I'm not going back to what I used to be. I've been changed by the presence of the miracle worker. Brother, I'll tell you what, he's a miracle worker this morning. It was a miracle that David slayed Goliath. It was a miracle that Noah saved eight souls on a ship that was made out of the worst kind of wood. It was a miracle that Samson slayed a thousand Philistines. It was a miracle that Shamgar slayed 600 Philistines. It was a miracle that Rahab's house was saved only by a scarlet robe. Oh, but what's another paradox is a young person. Is a young person living in Laodicea under the greatest pressures that has ever been under the greatest strongholds that has ever been under the greatest weight that has ever been. Brother Ram said, may we see tonight the living Christ who is not dead, but is raised again for our justification, now lives among us in the person of the Holy Ghost. And may he come tonight and speak to every heart that is visible and invisible. And may he perform in their hearts the work of the new birth and bring them to redemption power of his resurrection, taking away all shadows of doubt and unbelief and destroying all skepticism. 
destroying all skepticism. Now there is the key, skepticism. Skepticism comes in and people become skeptics rather than believers. He said, let the spirit of God destroy all skepticism that the church, amen, might move on in perfect harmony with the will of God. Do you realize what these meetings have been? These meetings have been a tuning up. These meetings have been a tuning up, a bringing together, a bringing back into harmony. Don't worry, I ain't going to preach all day. I can't. Amen. Notice this. It's a bringing together the harmony. It's a bringing together of instruments. Listen, church, you're not just young people. You're instruments this morning. Your instruments this morning. And do you realize the main thing an instrument's got to be? It's got to be in tune. It's got to be in tune. Now, this may sound funny, but just stay with me for a second. I don't know what it was a few years ago. I got this big burden on my heart of this. I don't know if it was a, if it was a zeal, if it was a passion. I don't know what it was, but it was a, it was a desire to learn to play the banjo. Be quiet, Joe. Joe can't even play static on the radio. At least I went and got a banjo. Amen. I went and got a banjo. Now, it was the funniest thing when I walked in there. I said, I want a banjo. He said, what kind? I said, I don't know. He said, well, what kind do you want? I said, I, sir, I told you I don't know. He said, well, what, what, how many strings? I don't even know how many they got, but I just want to learn to play one. He said, he said, sir, do you, do you have a book? I said, what kind of book? He said, a learner's book. I said, no, don't have that. He said, okay, well, here's what you need. And he gave me all this stuff and said, now we're going to set you up with an instructor. Now I bought a brand new banjo, brother Mike, Michael, a brand new banjo, brand new, just off the shelf. It was a beginner. It was a cheap one. It was a beginner one. I mean, I thought I was, you know, I was really going to learn to do this. So I went in there and sat down in the room and the guy picked it up and he said, okay, we're going to have your first lesson. He said, now here, let me tune it. I said, no, wait a minute, sir. It's, 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 it's brand new. It don't need to be tuned. He said, oh no, it needs to be tuned. I said, no, I just bought it out here in your store. It's brand new. He said, well, no, you see, it's out of tune. I said, how can it be brand new and be out of tune? He said, he said, well, he said, when it left the shop, he said, when it left the factory, it was in tune. He said, but it's been through a lot of things. It's been on trucks. It's been in airplanes. It's been through a lot of things. He said, so before we can start getting music out of it, we got to tune it up. Oh, church. Oh, come on, church. Don't you see this morning? You didn't come from the devil. You came from God. And when you left him, you was in tune with his word. You was in tune with his power. You was in tune with his spirit. Amen. But you come down here and you bypass your theophany and you picked up a word spirit or you picked up a human spirit to be tested and to be tried. Amen. But what are these tested and trials doing? They're getting you in tune for the future home. They're getting you in tune for the millennium. They're getting you in tune for the streets of gold. Oh, come on, church. I want the devil to know if I dance down here, you just wait till I get on streets of gold. If I shout down here, you just wait till I'm shouting by the walls of Jasper and the gates of Pearl. Brother, what are these meetings doing? They're tuning us up. They're getting us ready. They're getting us ready to leave here. We're going to be another paradox. That the church might come into harmony. With the will of God. As presented by the Bible. And the Holy Ghost. So do you see. You can be in harmony. But you can be in harmony with the wrong thing. You can be in harmony. With just an emotion. And when you get home. You'll be out of tune. You can be in harmony. Amen. With just a feeling. And when you get home. You'll be out of tune. But if you ever get back in divine harmony, he said, now there's many critics. He said, but we stand here tonight in harmony. But now notice there's many critics. But how did God ever display himself to his people? Someone says, well, where is this God you talk so much about? He said, in Africa, in the fields there, there is a word they use called a moya, which means an unseen force, like the wind. Your God, he says, the unseen God, he is like the wind. He's the power, but we don't see him. 
John chapter 12, some Greeks came to see Jesus and they said, sirs, we would see Jesus. And they were taken to him by one of his disciples. Hebrews 13, 8 said, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Now notice this. They said, sirs, we want to see Jesus. That was their heart's desire. Sirs, we want to see Jesus. And you know what he said? And one of his disciples took the seeker into the presence of Jesus. Young people, don't you see what this message has come to do? It's come to make you disciples. When somebody says, is there a living God? Is he still performing works? Is he still performing miracles? Is he still setting people free? You don't have to say, well, let me call my pastor. Let me call my favorite preacher. Let me call the deacon. No, sir. You can stand right up on your own two feet and say, you want to see a miracle? You're looking at a miracle. You want to shake hands with a miracle? Shake my hand, because I am a miracle. Oh, if God be with us this morning, then where is all the miracles? I'll tell you where the miracles are. There's a miracle. There's a miracle. There's a miracle. There's a miracle. This building this morning is full of miracles. Oh, church, we don't have to go out there to find God. He has come here this weekend that we can find him for ourselves. Now I know this sounds rational, but if you'll just bear with us a few minutes, he said, I believe that I, by God's help with his word and according to his word, I can bring him right here before you. Why did he come in these meetings this weekend? Because the prophet of God said, if that vine ever puts forth another branch, it will be a penty Coastal book of Acts. Holy Ghost field. Holy Ghost manifesting branch. I want you to catch something here. If that vine ever puts forth another branch. So you say, well, that, that, that must be an adult. That must just be a preacher. That just must be somebody great. He said, no, you Christians right now. How many Christians? You Christians right now are here to find consolation and to come into that presence of God and can raise you up just like he did back then. See, this morning, church, it's not just a myth. It's just not some words put together. It's not just a Jewish fable. It is the truth. See, where there is so much error, there has got to be some truth somewhere. Brother, can I tell you this morning, if there's a lot of error around this message, that's because there's some truth in it. If there's a lot of nonsense around this word, that's because there's truth in this word. Friends, let me say this with all of my heart. Don't ever let anybody take the power of this message away from you. You say, Brother Andrew, how can you say that? Because this message changed my life. I'm a witness this morning. If you ever get more than just a quote book, if you ever get more than just a picture, if you ever get a, God have mercy, if you ever get a personal experience of this revealed word in the depths of your soul, it won't be you holding yourself. It'll be him holding you. What is it, church? It's a prophecy. It's a prophecy of the end time. I'm hurrying. It's a prophecy of the end time that many will fall under the air. They will fall under the air. And by falling under the air, their hearts will be turned away from the truth and turned unto fables. Don't you see? That's what the devil wants you to leave this weekend and do is just say it was a fable. It was just another youth camp. It was just another prayer line. No, it wasn't. It was not just another prayer line. It was a cracking. It was a popping. It was a rocking. It was a rolling. It was a devil defeated. It was a sin killing. It was a Holy Ghost feeling. St. Paul's revival that happened right here before your eyes. Oh, young people, this morning, don't you see what happened in the book of Acts? Happened right here in this building this weekend. No, sir, the God of this evil age, what did it say? Has blinded the minds of them which believe not. You see what's happening? He's blinding the minds of them that believe not. But at the same time, 
the God of this evil age is blind in the minds of those that believe not the son of man the son of man has been here this weekend turning your heart my God turning your heart don't you see what he's done he's picked up your heart and turned your heart back to himself I want to speak about another paradox for a second. It was a paradox of a young girl by the name of Esther. <laughs> I can't preach this like Brother Joe preached in Africa, but I'm sure you're going to pull something from it. It was a paradox that a girl that was born, oh my, that a girl that was born, but she wanted to go in and see the king. I'm going to hurry here. But there was a fear there. If I go in and you're not accepted, you'll be killed. But there come a time that she met desperation. And because she did not bow to her fear. But she took faith and said, listen, if I perish, then let me perish. But I'm going to see the king. Listen, church, can you imagine when she told her friends, I'm going to see the king? Can you imagine when she told them, I'm going back in there, I'm, go I'm going in there? Can you imagine when she was walking in there and she seen that scepter laying there? Can you imagine as she's walking in there and all of a sudden in the back of her mind, she's saying, I told them, if I perish, then I'm going to perish, but I'm going to see the king. Can you imagine as she's standing there, all of a sudden she sees that king Amen. Reach for his scepter. And the prophet of God said this morning, church, he said, it's time to run. You say, brother Andrew, how can you say that? Because I said the same thing. If I perish, then you're going to have to let me perish because I'm going, amen, to see the king. But a prophet of God said, the king has taken his scepter and put it into your hand. Come on, young people. You're not running without a message. You've got the king's scepter. There was a little boy one time, a little cockney. I believe it was over in England. The, the prophet of God said, the king had a message to deliver. <laughs> the king had a message to deliver. Do you see what this message is? It's the king's message. It's the king's message. The king had a message to deliver. And you know what he said? He looked at a little boy. Just a little old, little skinny, little old fellow that no doubt wasn't even tall as he was. But he said, here, take this message and go tell him. Go tell him, deliver this king's message. It's a paradox because that boy said, will they believe me? Will they believe me when I get back to school and say, God delivered me a pornography? Will they believe me when I get back home and I tell my parents I got the Holy Ghost? Come on, church. Will they believe me when I tell them Jesus Christ healed my body? Will they believe me when I tell them that a suicidal oppression spirit left my heart in that meeting? Will they believe me? Brother Joe, will they believe me when I told them that my past has been erased? Will they believe me when I tell them that my future is a lot brighter than my past? Will they believe me when I get back to school and they don't see me go to the locker room and change into my pants? Will them boys believe me when they start telling their filthy jokes and I don't sit there and tell them with them? Will they believe me when I tell them I got changed? I got born again. I got changed. I'm a different person. Will they believe me? Will the church believe me when I come home and don't sleep? Let me say that again. Will the church believe me when I get home and don't sleep through the service? Will my church believe me when I get home and I, I'm shouting and rejoicing and the fire of God is burning in my heart? Will they believe me? Will they believe me? And the king looked at the little boy and the little boy said, will they believe me? He reached over and got his scepter. He reached over and got his scepter and said, here, take my scepter. For when they see my scepter, they will have no choice but to believe you. 
When they see my scepter, they will have no choice but to believe that Jesus Christ walked the aisles of Dry Creek, Louisiana. When they see my scepter, every devil will have to back up. When they see my scepter, every sickness will have to back up. It was a paradox. And what I like about the next part is he said, take my scepter, deliver that message, and don't start. Sorry. Don't stop for no one. If they try to stop you, if they try to stop you, you don't stand there and argue with them whether Brother Branham was a prophet or not. If they try to stop you, don't stand there and argue with them whether the Holy Ghost is real or not. If they try to stop you, don't stand there and argue with them. You just and keep on running. Is there anybody here this morning that's got a hold of the scepter and you'll lift it up? You'll lift it up this morning. You'll lift up the scepter. You'll lift it up this morning. I'll tell you in the name of Jesus when you leave here and the devil said you didn't get healed. When you leave here this morning and the devil says I've still got possession. When you leave here this morning and the devil says you're not going in the rapture. When you leave here this morning and the devil says the revival is going to die, just show him the set. Don't argue with the defeated being. Listen to this. Don't argue with the defeated devil. You're wasting your time. Why are you going to argue with somebody? Why are you going to argue with somebody that come in these meetings and said, I'll stop them. I'll bind the people. I'll scare them. I'll stand toe to toe with them. There ain't no way I'm going to leave. And Holy Ghost filled vessels stood. Oh God. I'm about to shout. Holy Ghost filled vessels stood toe to toe with Lucifer here this weekend. Not just preachers, young boys and young girls stood face to face with Lucifer and said, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, take your filthy hands off of God's redeemed property. Oh, I didn't come to argue with the devil. I come to shout on his head this morning. I come to dance on his head this morning and let him know I'm not arguing with him no more. He's defeated. He's defeated. And Jesus Christ is victorious. There's a saying, there's a saying coming to mind right now that, that Brother David Tyler says, why are you going to argue with the devil that crawled in the garden or walked in the garden and crawled out? That's a good point, friends. Why are you going to argue with somebody that walked in but had to crawl out? I'll tell you what the devil done. He come walking in this meeting, but he had to crawl out. He come walking in your home, but he had to crawl out. He come walking in your family, but he had to crawl out. He come walking in your church, but he had to crawl out. Oh, come on, church. This is not a Moses paradox. This is not a David paradox. This is a teenager paradox. Walked in, but he crawled out. Another portion of this story. Stay with me. Don't stop for nobody. Keep running. running. My God, I can't even talk this morning. Keep running. Don't stop to argue. If they got any questions, just show them the scepter. But whatever you do, whatever you do, make sure the message gets delivered. Whatever you do, make sure the message gets delivered. 
My God, it's burning. I've got to make it real. I, I seen my little cousin Riley over there. Come here, Riley. He's here somewhere. Hurry, run. A king has got a message to deliver. I want to drive this home. Come here. A king has got a message to deliver, and he doesn't look for a 50-year-old man because it's urgent. He looks for a young boy. Anybody, anybody that will just be willing to take his scepter, and he takes that scepter. When he lays it in his hand, he says, you run. Listen, this this runner is not facing, amen, foot soldiers. He's going to be facing giants. He's going to be facing priests. He's going to be facing all kinds of spirits. But listen, church, he's got a scepter, and he's going to take off running, and there ain't nothing going to stop him. Listen, if, if a king... If a natural king could take a young boy and put a scepter in his hand. Come on, church. If a natural king can put a natural scepter in a natural young boy's hand that's about this size. Thank you, buddy. Then what can he do this morning? Who is the king of kings? Who is the king of kings? And you're not just little kids. You're sons and daughters of God. He wants to lay his scepter in your hands this morning. Open up your heart and say, Lord, I receive it. Lord. A little boy running through the land for the king's message. A little oddball that they already think you're crazy running to the university with the king's message. A man at work, a mama running through Laodicea with the king's message. And I ask you this morning in closing, what can stop us? Nothing can stop that little boy. His faith wasn't in his flesh. His faith wasn't in who his parents was. His faith was in the king's scepter. His faith was in the king's scepter, church. My faith is not in my flesh. My faith is not in my family. My faith is not just in my church. My faith is not just in a preacher. My faith... My faith is in the scepter this morning. I'll hold the scepter high. I'll back devils in the corner. I'll shut devils up. With the king's scepter. When you leave this camp. Now I know Brother Tim's coming in a minute to tell you. Pack up all your dirty clothes. I'll let him tell you what to pack Make sure you get all your stuff together. Don't leave no socks. Lord heaven knows I can't wear them. <laughs> Don't leave no towels. Make sure mama's favorite towel set gets home. But most of all, Brother Tim, forgive me. If you leave your towels and you leave your clothes, make sure you get the scepter. Because the scepter is the only thing. The scepter is the only thing. Brother Craig, the scepter is the only thing. Brother Joe, the scepter is the only thing. Brother Donnie, the scepter is the only thing. Brother Blake, the scepter is the only thing. Brother Isaac, the scepter is the only thing that's going to get you through Laodicea. The scepter. Friends, you're going to have a lot of battles, but you got the scepter. You're going to have some mountains to cross, but you got the scepter. Sister, you're going to have some battles to face, but you got the scepter. Young man, you're going to have some spirits that you're going to have to withstand, but you got the scepter. Young girl, you're going to have to withstand fashion, but you got the scepter. How many can say, devil, I got the scepter this morning? God. I got the scepter this morning. We're a paradox, Brother Seth. It's a paradox, church. Make sure you leave this camp 
with a scepter. With a scepter. And can I give you one more word of advice? Can I? May not be nice, might not be politically correct, it may not be pretty. But when that old devil comes to you and starts talking in the back of your mind, start saying, now when you get home, see, now here's your battle, okay? Because right here in this meeting, God has convicted your heart of things. Right here in this meeting, God has told you there's things in your, in your, in your bedroom's gotta go. There's things in your closet's gotta go. But now here's the battle. Here's the battle is between here and get home to get rid of it. Come on, church. We ain't angel, angels this morning. We're humans battling, human battles with a mighty conqueror in us. Now the battle is when you get home, when the fire ain't there and brother Donnie ain't running across the pulpit and brother Andrew being real calm. When brother Michael ain't up there singing and brother Timothy ain't singing and the music ain't playing, ain't playing and, and that holy anointed music driving out evil spirits and you get back home and now you gotta do more than just shout about it. Now you gotta do more than just run about it. But now you've gotta manifest what God done for you. You gotta go home. Friends, when you get there, remember this. The God that was with you when you crossed the platform is the God that'll be with you when you go home. The God that was with you in the prayer room last night is the God that'll be with you when you get home. Oh church, if my God can put water in the ocean, if my God can carve mountains out of rocks, then my God can give you the faith to get home and take music out of CD players that don't belong there, take pants out of closets that don't belong there, throw makeup away. Come on church, clean up your videos, kick out dirty magazines. My God is a God who wants to bring this camp meeting to pass. In action. As the musicians come this morning, my God is a God that wants another paradox. I could take time this morning and go through the paradoxes of the Bible. Could take time this morning, go through the paradoxes of Brother Branham's ministry. Congressman Upshaw, paradox. Rosella Griffin, paradox. <laughs> paradox. William Branham, paradox. Paradox. How can you say that, Brother Andrew? It was a paradox that a man twice the size of Brother Branham ran up on the platform and said, you imposter, I'll break every bone in your body. That's what the devil said. And a man that didn't weigh probably more than 200 pounds, wasn't as tall, wasn't as big, stood right there and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you won't touch one bone of meat, but you'll fall over my feet. This is not fiction. This is not Walt Disney. Come on, church. This is not a fairy tale. This is paradoxes. That happened in our day. You'll fall across my feet. Fell across his feet. It was incredible. But it was true. Paradox. But let's bring it to this day. Young man walks across the platform bound, leaves free. When there's more of sins, more appealing in this day than it's ever been. And he comes through that prayer line and he leaves changed and he grows up and he holds a testimony that he never goes back to what God delivered him from. This is real church. You say, brother Andrew, it's impossible for God to deliver a person and then not go back to it. That's a lie. That's a lie from the pits of hell. It's not impossible. It may be impossible with your God, but with my God, all things are possible. It's a paradox that, 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 a, that a, a lady in this day and time would go to the doctor and they told her she had cancer. 
and she would receive a word of the Lord and begin to shout around a church and God would heal her and go back and they couldn't even find a trace of it and that paradox is in this building this morning come on church that's our sister right there that's not Moses's day that's not Paul's day that's not just brother Branham's day that's your day that's this day in this building this morning there's a mighty host of paradoxes As Brother Donnie said last night, it's not just going to be 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds taking a rapture. But the final paradox is going to be some morning between about 6 and 9. And the devil wakes up looking for you. And he can't find you. He says, oh, no. I just knew I was going to claim them. I just knew they were going to be mine. But because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this cosmos. He wrote another paradox. Not in a, in a book of ink and paper. But in the heart of a son or daughter of God, he said in the last days, I will not write a new law or a new commandment upon stone, but I will write it in the flesh of your hearts. How many can say this morning, Lord, let me leave this youth camp as a written epistle, as a written Bible, as a written young man, as a written young girl. Let us all stand to our feet. Another paradox. You say, Brother Andrew, why did you say this this morning? Because I want you to leave here and know it's not over. Just because you're leaving this camp and just because you're going home, it's not over. But remember, you're a paradox. You're a young person. But you got the scepter. You got the scepter. I remember when I got the Holy Ghost here at this camp and got home. Brother Ben, I thought everything was going to be just easy, man. But Kenny, I thought I'd get home and I'd go to testifying about getting the Holy Ghost. And everybody would be like, praise the Lord, you know. Man, I got home. Got back to school, got back in my regular routine. Walked in, said, I got the Holy Ghost. The, the person I thought for sure would encourage me went, huh, really, got the Holy Ghost. Well, let's see if you got it. I said, oh, I said, I won't show you, but the Holy Ghost inside of me will. You know what? That was the devil that come over that person to try to tempt me. It was, come to find out it was a religious spirit. I didn't know it at the time, but they actually believed the Holy Ghost. That person I told actually believed the Holy Ghost. Evidence of it was speaking in tongues. And a religious spirit tried to shut my victory off as soon as I got back home. But by God's grace, here we stand this morning. Because I got more than just prayed for. I got the king's scepter. As we bow our heads this morning. I want you to say, play something softly. I know it may be ending different this morning. But this is what was up on my heart today. I want you to make sure before you leave this camp, you've got the scepter. Make sure. You see, the prophet of God said that Eve lost the battle. He said because she stopped to listen to the devil's reasoning she lost the battle because she stopped and listened to what Satan had for interpretation on God's word but when you get home don't stop don't stop young girl don't stop don't stop and open up your heart to reasoning don't stop and listen to that old defeated devil 
Don't stop. Take the scepter. Show him the scepter. And keep on walking. How many can say, Lord, I want to leave this camp with a scepter? God bless you. Hands up all over the building. Even the adults in the back, God bless you. Young people, you've got people sitting behind you this morning that have been in this race a whole lot longer than we have. But they're standing here this morning as witnesses. That if the king ever gives you the scepter, nothing can stop you. But if you ever get the scepter, nothing can stop you. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads and raise our hands and humble our spirits in our presence this morning, dear God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, every young boy, every young girl, every man, every woman, Every deacon, every trustee, every preacher, every musician, every song leader, every officer, every member of this body. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that they would leave this camp with the scepter. Dear God, that young boy was just any kind of boy. Lord, he was just a common boy. Lord, just standing there. Dear God. But what made the difference? The king's scepter made the difference. The king's scepter made the difference. Dear Lord, what's going to make the difference in these meetings when we leave the scepter? Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, I know since Thursday night to this morning, you are sick and tired of hearing our voices. Satan, I know you wish we would just shut up But we want to tell you one more time, you are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. And Satan, hear us this morning. Our God is with us. Our God is in us. And when we leave this camp, our God will be with us. And you are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father. Bless your people today, God. Let them leave with this scepter. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we just raise our hands with our eyes closed? As we sing this, we've been made more than conquerors. Maybe if you're here this morning and you don't have that scepter. Maybe you've been waiting for the last service. Waiting for God to do something for you. Let me turn that around for you. You're not waiting on God. He's already done what he said. He's waiting on you to accept it. Brother Andrew, there's not a lot of emotion. He never said there had to be. He never said, did you feel it? He never said, did you sense it? He just said, did you believe it? As we sing it this morning, let it be more than a song. We've been made more than conquerors when we get back home overcomers in this life we've been your testimony this morning.